Greetings and salutations, listener, and welcome to another edition of the Coco and Daltz podcast. We're real people, and we do real reviews. I'm not Coco. And I'm not Daltz. Why are you laughing? I'm trying to be <laughs> professional to the utmost here with my intro. Are you? I you see, you're really good at the summaries, so I gotta be good at something. <laughs> you're good at everything. I'm, I'm good at sitting here, like, just being uh, next to you. That's all I am. I'm just, like, the, the guy. You're and you're, the like, the beauty and the brains. You're eating cookies, and I'm yeah. doing everything. Exactly. Hey, Coco, what are we talking about? What did we just watch this very day? Today... We watched Tom Clancy's Without Remorse Mm -hmm. because it was released today. Mm -hmm. It's on where? It's on Amazon Prime Video. Oh, it's an hour and forty nine minutes. It's an adaptation of a Tom Clancy novel called Without Remorse. Is it? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay. Um. So it stars Michael B. Jordan Mm -hmm. as a Navy SEAL. Could they not get Michael A. Jordan? They had to go to the B list guy. Oh, is he B-list, though? Uh, I don't know. That was a joke that didn't really work. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Sorry, I'll just I'll just sit back over here in the corner. With your cookies. Yes. So Michael B. Jordan is a Navy SEAL, and after his team does a job, I guess, a mission in Syria, mm-hmm. they come back to the States, and one by one, they start getting picked off. And unfortunately, Michael B. Jordan's wife... His pregnant wife is shot and killed in their bed. Mm -hmm. He survives the attack. um, Because of course. Because of course. So it turns out that the Russians are behind the attack. Russians? What? I know. Um, I thought they were good guys now because it's not the Cold War anymore. Hmm. The Russians are behind the attack. So... uh, Defense Secretary Clay, played by Guy Pierce, and like a CIA under director, played by Jamie Bell. His mm-hmm. name is Ritter in the movie. Uh, they kind of authorize a mission to go into Russia to extract the one guy who survived the assassination attempt on Michael B. Jordan's character. Um, of course, the extraction attempt goes wrong mm-hmm. because it turns out it's a conspiracy set up frame up set up frame up and i don't think i can say much more without giving it away although later i fully plan to discuss who the bad guy is so we will tell you when we're about to discuss that person so that you can turn it off if you do not want spoilers i want to say uh the commanding officer of the seal team is played by jody turner smith Mm-hmm. So she is also a main character in this. Those are pretty much your four main, main characters right there. Right, so. right. So that's how'd I do, Daltz? Is that a pretty good summary? Do you I have anything to add? Your your summaries rock. They really do. <laughs> My summaries tend not to be summaries at all, and then we end up talking about the summary like later on. And then and, you try to help me out in your diplomatic fashion by not criticizing my summary, but then actually repeating a summary that's better <laughs> right after that. So I'm only good at the summary if it's not a movie called The Devil All the Time, in which I spend like 45 minutes trying to reconstruct the plot because it's so asinine. Well, here's the thing. I probably could have done the summary for this one because it's like, good guy has people he loves killed right. by bad guys Good guy goes to seek revenge against bad guys. Yeah, it's a... That's pretty much it. It's a conspiracy movie dressed up as a revenge thriller. It's like Charles Bronson meets, I don't know, (laughs) 
some kind of conspiracy theory. <laughs> so, movie. okay. So what do you think of Tom Clancy's Without Remorse? Then? So I would say that, uh, listener, we, we go into these movies with very open minds in many cases. No, we don't. Okay. You, so we try I, to. I do. You, you're just like, she wants to watch this movie, so fine. I'll do this and hopefully I'll get some action later. Yeah, that's actually true. But I think that... <laughs> I think that creatively and artistically, <laughs> we go into it thinking, meh, maybe this will be all right. Because why I'm saying this is that the critics are really heavily slagging this one. And I tried not to pay attention to that, but it's hard not to when your Twitter feed is lighting up with such headlines as, um, without remorse can be clear and present danger to Michael B. Jordan's career, for example. <laughs> I think one, that's a bit heavy-handed. Right. But. And some of the other ones I'm, I'm reading, the New York Post says, Tom Clancy's Without Remorse, I watched it, I have remorse. So I think the number one rule of movies, Hollywood, if you're listening, don't open the door to, to critics turning your movie title into an easy slam of your movie. So is that what you're going to do then? Is that what you're saying? No. So what oh. I'm saying is that we go into these movies, I think anyway, with an open mind. We try to judge them based on their merits, not based on what other people think. Because we've, we've done that in the past. Like we loved Ad Astra and it just got completely ignored by everybody. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not like we're loving like the Bugs Bunny movie or something like that. You know, like we like <laughs> the movies we like are actually pretty good movies. It's just different. So anyway, that's a long way of saying that I... Uh, I go, went into this movie with an open mind, uh -huh. but um, knowing it was probably going to be formulaic, and I came out of it actually liking the movie. Wow! So I, I had maybe it's because I had low expectations. Yeah, that's always better when you aren't disappointed, right? Because you started from a place of disappointment. Yeah, and and it, there are all sorts of holes in this movie. Oh, there yeah. are all sorts of laughable moments, and oh, there are all yeah. sorts of. Uh, um, you know, cliches and repetition of other movies that you've seen, but the the originality in this movie actually was the originality uh, segments, the seg segments that were just spectacular to me, um, were the segment at the Dulles Airport where they he holds the guy captive in the flaming car. I thought that was yeah. really brilliant. I'd never seen anything like yeah. that before. Um, the segment with the plane crash. Uh, into the water. That was really tense and dramatic yeah. to me mm -hmm. where they get shot down over Russia. I thought that that was really cool. And actually, this wasn't mentioned in some of the other reviews, but the scene where uh, our our guy, Michael B. Jordan, uh, tries to escape from his fate, I thought actually that was done well. It, we were looking at each other as we were taking a break, trying to have dinner, and we're like, how's he going to get out of this? Like he's, <laughs> you know, all the other good guys have gotten away. He's holding down the fort. How's that going to happen? And I won't spoil uh, too much of it, um, but I will say that uh, I bought into the how he got out of that situation, mm -hmm. um, which I don't usually... Usually it's like, at the last minute, a helicopter comes in <laughs> and drops a tether line and our hero escapes <laughs> with nary a scratch to save the day. And so, like, nothing... I didn't really find a lot of those instances in this movie. I mean, there's all sorts of, of, of this genre. There were the, you know, the bad guys have terrible shots and the good guys right. have the best shot. But some of the scenes were really actually pretty interesting to me. Like the sniper scenes were right. really good. That was dramatic and different. The snipers did have kind of bad shot, though. The snipers had terrible aim. But, you know, they're snipers and they're shooting from a building that's 40 feet away. What do you expect? <laughs> Across the street. <laughs> they, they only have, like, the crosshairs and everything. Like, right. Oh, yeah. yeah, and the high-powered weapons. And, right. Um, 
but I thought that that scene itself was done really well and, yeah. it, was, and it was done in a way that I hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd say that overall, I like this movie a, a lot more than I thought it was. Now, wow. before I go into more detail, or th- th- I thought I would, before I go into more detail, Coco, I want to give the, you the floor because this is your movie. You're the Michael <laughs> am, B. Jordan fan. I am the one who saw this, you know, coming to Amazon and I put it on the calendar. I was like, oh, we're watching this. Like four months ago. Yeah, totally. I, I want to piggyback on what you said about things you haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. There's uh, the scene at the beginning of the movie when uh, the gang of Russians breaks into Michael B. Jordan's house mm-hmm. and they assassinate his wife and he catches them in the act and he manages to take out a few of them. But one of them gets away. It's the guy they go to Russia to extract. But they do manage to hit each other. So Mm -hmm. they both shoot each other. They're lying on the floor. They're facing each other. And he, Michael B. Jordan's character, had been carrying a flashlight. And he drops the flashlight, obviously, when he falls to the ground. And it's a flashlight. So it's kind of spinning Mm -hmm. in circles on the floor. And you can see Michael B. Jordan light up. And then the flashlight comes around. And then it lights up the Russian guy. And the Russian guy has night vision goggles on. And so now he's blinded off, yeah. and he's got to take him off and i'd never seen that before so i thought that was a very interesting scene i enjoyed I that yeah i agree with that uh, exactly that kind of scene was very interesting to me and very well done and yeah. it had a dramatic effect too because mm-hmm. so and not only was it really creatively cool because mm-hmm. the, it was like a spotlight to each guy but the bad guy had to take his night goggles off because the light was blinding mm-hmm. him so therefore we saw who he was yeah so i thought that was really well done yeah i enjoyed that too um yeah overall i i thought guy pierce and jody turner smith were underused mm-hmm. i wish we could have seen them do more because they were both very pivotal characters mm-hmm. and there wasn't neither one of them really had a lot to do for being such pivotal characters. Mm -hmm. I also thought Michael B. Jordan was just pretty dour the whole movie, (laughs) which is understandable for that character because his pregnant wife gets killed Mm -hmm. and now he's on a revenge mission. But Michael B. Jordan is, even when he's Killmonger, he's got a very kind of playful, like kind of boyish, charming side to him. Like he can be a very, very charming actor. Mm-hmm. And there was really only one scene in Without Remorse. Um, it's on the plane when they're going to Russia to do the extraction. And Jody Turner-Smith is sitting there and he kind of comes up next to her. And, you know, like he slaps her, but that's not what it was. You know how friends are. They kind of play around with each other. And they ruffle, kind of yeah, thing. like they ruffle their hair and stuff. Like yeah. he was doing that. And that was like really the only kind of flash of charming right. we got from or him. Or any kind of personality. Yeah, really. any kind of personality. Yeah. So I wish we could have seen more that from of that. But I understand the character. But if you're going to cast Michael B. Jordan, you should also give him more to do than just kind of glower. Although he did kick a whole lot of ass. Mm-hmm. So this role did demand a certain kind of physicality that like he and maybe Chris Hemsworth could play right? <laughs> because they're both really big buff guys. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know how many, maybe Chris Evans too. I mm-hmm. don't know. So um, he's got action hero chops for sure. Yeah, definitely. I I did like Jamie Bell, the sleazy CIA kind mm. of co-director guy. He was fantastic in that. I just wanted to punch him in the face the whole time. So, and you know that a guy is a bad guy or somebody that is distasteful or supposed to be bad for the audience when he is unshaven. 
Right. When he's got a scraggly beard kind of thing, and he's like supposed mm-hmm. to be a government guy, and I thought all right. government guys were kind of clean shaven. But then, speaking of, there were definitely some oddball things, like for instance, in the initial mission in Aleppo, the Jamie Bell character goes with them on the mission, and you know everybody else, they're like Navy guys, so they're in <laughs> fatigues, and he's got his like early nineties plaid flannel on underneath his bulletproof vest and Daltz is just like WTF like you know (laughs) did they did they want us to know that that was his character like he shows up in the scene before that and he's got the blue plaid shirt on right like oh that's the okay that's that guy and then there he is yeah and meanwhile everybody else is all like in fatigues and got the you know the the goggles on and trying to be camouflaged and there's him in this plaid shirt and then there's one scene where michael b jordan's character is in prison and he's having to beat some guys up because they're coming after him they're going to kill him in prison and there's that little kind of hole in the door and somebody opens it and they say i'm passing a cell phone through to you you know and and this is just right after a scene where he fought for his life right and so he takes the phone and then he turns away to have the conversation, and we're like, "What are you doing? You could get shot. Turning you could your back to them. You could like a tranquilizer dart could come through that little hole. Like you're a smart guy. You're an ABC. Oh, what's wrong? So yeah, there were definitely some. There were some holes. There were some things that were not based in reality yeah. going on there. Yeah. Yeah. So and there's there's other stuff that I haven't touched yet, but I want to throw it back to you because I've been talking for a while. Well and some of the internet heat uh has been over uh Michael B. Jordan and uh Karen Greer's character or the Karen Jody Greer Turner Smith. Yeah, and her and them being black. And to me, I'm like, I don't it doesn't matter. Like it didn't there was no no difference whatsoever in those characters. I thought it was great. That was one thing that didn't I didn't know about until I actually started reading reviews. One thing I did hear about that, um, I listened to the NPR Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast. They reviewed that this morning. They did say that there's one scene where Michael B. Jordan pretends to be drunk and mm-hmm. he shows up in front of the Russian embassy to see what car a guy he's looking for is taking off in. And they thought maybe that might have played on people's perceptions of black guys. Oh, really? You know, a drunk black guy shows up in front of your embassy, you're probably not going to think he's a threat, you know? So they they thought maybe there might have been some of that going on there. But but otherwise, it wasn't really... Like race wasn't really acknowledged in a way that I picked up on. Yeah, yeah. For these As two characters be. being I mean, high-ranking just, people in the military, it's not a movie about race. It's a, it's right. Just, it's a story. You know, it's it's an action thriller. And uh, you mentioned that, and I'm glad you mentioned that scene about where he goes. He goes through a lot of preparation for that particular scene where he takes his clothes off, puts them in a t- in a bathtub, dumps alcohol on them, <laughs> right, and then takes a drink of alcohol, like a you know, from a bottle of vodka or whatever it happens to be, and then pours the alcohol all over himself, and then he walks up to the that's when he walks up to the embassy. Mm-hmm. And he's there for like three minutes. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back and gets in his car and drives away. And I'm thinking, why did you do all that? Like you didn't even need to why did you douse your clothes <laughs> in, in vodka? Right. Like all you had to do was have a couple of drinks and maybe splash a little bit on you. You didn't have to, I thought he was gonna light them on fire. Like I was and, thinking yeah, there was some sort of identity the, thing going on there. Especially when he like 
blew up the car right. at Dulles after that, like you're in vodka soaked right. clothing, like you're gonna blow up. Like, <laughs> so I'm thinking, like, if this is real world stuff, like he does, he does all that, and then he gets in his car and he drives to the airport. Somebody's gonna pull him over. Right. He rolls his window down, and the whole car reeks like vodka. <laughs> He's a black guy. He's gonna get pulled out of his car. Like, I mean, just like this is not a real situation whatsoever. Right. <laughs> so that was there was all sorts of those kinds of like, why did he do that? And I will say that there's a, a few instances where things that he does were actually ingenious and they had like a, a MacGyver kind of feel to them. Like when he gets into the fight in the prison, mm-hmm. when he's stuck in jail, he takes his shirt off, which was an opportunity for you to see him all buff. And he, and he sticks it down the uh, drain so it clogs the drain and then he turns the water on and then the the water floods out of the sink onto the floor. So when the guys come in to attack them, they're kind of sliding and everything like that and they don't have the traction. I thought that was actually pretty mm-hmm. ingenious. And there's a couple of instances along the way where that was... I don't know if those were borrowed from the book because I haven't read this particular Tom Clancy book, but those seem to me like, those are really cool kind of things. Those are not just plain, let's go in and flamethrow the building and, and leave. You know what I mean? Like this is, mm-hmm. some, there's some thought behind it. So this guy was smart and he had a lot of uh, good approaches to things. And that's what separates this kind of movie for me from some of the other movies we've watched where like an extraction with with the big boy, big blonde boy, uh, what was his name? Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Thor or whatever. Thor, yeah. yeah. So, like, he was just battering guys around, and there wasn't really a lot of <laughs> tactics there, right? I like, still don't know how his chiropractor didn't just right. rip him a new one after he got right. home to Australia. After he gets hit by, like, eight cars in a <laughs> right, row or whatever. Right, And his, his body is making impressions on buildings and stuff like that. <laughs> right. like, it just, like, it just was, it was kind of barbaric. And so, to me, like, the difference between that kind of movie and this kind of movie is that there's a little bit more... Uh, real world situation like there's a, a lot more uh, ingenuity and thinking on your feet and that sort of thing so I, I like that kind of stuff um, I will say that uh, and, the, and the other part uh, that I was going to mention about the uh, the plot is that um, it was a little bit I kind of lost my train of thought so I'm going to throw it to you Coco <laughs> and then pick you can pick it up from there so for me um I haven't read this book. Mm -hmm. I honestly haven't read any Tom Clancy books, but I do enjoy movies like this and TV shows like this. And for me, the plot was really easy to figure out. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like pretty much what after the extraction mission went wrong, I was like, okay, so this is what happened then. And I kind of spelled it all out. So I'm not trying to say that I'm any kind of genius. Um, Maybe it was like a really obvious plot, and well, that's the thing. A lot of people, you know, are able to figure it out, but for me, and I, I typically like, like I said, movies like this. So mm-hmm. maybe it's just because I've seen a whole lot of freaking movies and TV shows like this, mm-hmm. and I was able to figure it out. But for me, it was pretty obvious. I, I agree with that, and that's something that I, I liked about this movie too. It was very easy to follow, but it wasn't like stupid easy to follow. Right. You had to figure it out a little bit. Uh-huh. But if you followed along, it was fine. Like some of the movies can be, like some of the Mission Impossible movies are just, they're impossible to follow. Like, it's, right. okay, it's Tom Cruise running away from some bad guys, but some of the bad guys are good guys, and who's that guy? And and then it's three hours long, and by the end of it, you're like, okay, that was a wild ride. I have no idea what happened, Right. it was a wild ride. And then some of the other movies are just like, like extraction where it's like go get a guy bring him out like it's just way simple Mm -hmm. you know so this i think was was kind of a like you said it was it was easy to figure out but it was good happy medium in between 
So do you have anything else to discuss or can we spoil the movie? Um, well, I, I, there's one other thing too okay. that I want to mention is that the uh, the crew uh, of the guys that he takes with him to Russia and they, they mm-hmm. parachute in and they get shot down, whatever. One of the guys' names is Hatchet. So I was just, I was kind of hoping that maybe you would just call me Hatchet from now on. Okay. Because I think that's a really cool name. Okay. It's like, Hatchet, can you pass the sriracha? <laughs> How long have you been thinking about that joke? I, well, since I, you got here, really. Oh, okay. Since we sat down. <laughs> okay, totally. Uh, you want to spoil the ending? Yes. So Spoiler, uh, spoiler. All right. If you don't want to know who the bad guy is, turn the podcast off right now. Or just sort of look away. And let it play so that we get the completed play. Yeah, just fast forward to the end. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> just fast forward to the end of the music and then. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to spoil it in three, two, one. So Guy Pierce <laughs> is the bad guy. It turns out that he. Can't just trust those Australian guys. Yeah, he wants war. Um, so he set everything up. So that we would kind of be forced to go to war with Russia. And that's kind of part of the reason why I wish we he had had more to do. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not enough to make it obvious that he was a bad guy. But he's such a charismatic actor. He's yeah. in one of my all-time favorite movies, LA Confidential. He's mm-hmm. he's capable of doing so much. And Memento I fe- is a great movie. Yeah, Memento is a fantastic movie. Like, he's such a, you know, versatile guy. He's got a lot of range. He could do more. I was really disappointed that he was underused. Um, I also kind of wish that... Uh, he would be able to come back for more movies because this was obviously being set up as a series. And I would definitely watch more movies. Um, Not just because Michael B. Jordan's hot. No, I think that's what it is. That's that's all it is. And this kind of dovetails with the fact that we are currently watching the limited series Mayor of Easttown on HBO Max. Recommend. And he is in that uh, Kate Winslet plays a small town cop investigating the recent murder of a local teen girl and the year-old disappearance of another local teen girl. Guy Pearce plays Kate Winslet's love interest. I am positive that with no evidence whatsoever so far, Guy Pierce is probably the murderer. Mm-hmm. Because why else would you have a big name guy just show up to bang Kate Winslet for a couple episodes? But and stranger in town too. Stranger in town, town also. I do not want him to be the murderer because I like him so much. So I'm going to declare him not the murderer. Oh, okay. But well, there's yeah. still time to maybe change it because we haven't seen the last episodes. So. Right. There's four episodes left because right. HBO Max is old school and they're doling it out one episode a week which, as opposed to dumping it all at once. Which, why HBO screw Max? Screw you, HBO Max. <laughs> why? I want to see it that? all at once. You suck. Yeah, So exactly. what do you have to say about Guy Pierce? Um, Guy Pierce, uh, I agree with you. I thought he was underutilized. Um, I, I, I think he's good. I, I like him. Um, but I think that they were doing that on purpose. They were setting up Jamie Bell as to be, we yeah, think that he's going to be the bad guy. Yeah. And especially when he shows up in his blue plaid shirt <laughs> in, the, in the combat scene, he's like, that guy is a, ba- a bad guy. If he's not getting shot and he's got a bright blue shirt on, <laughs> <Right> then. <laughs> but I will say, one other thing I want to say about the movie, too, is that um, the it has been updated from the book. So the book was set in the early 90s, I believe. Uh, I and believe the, the book took place in Vietnam. Oh, okay, yeah. So it was written in the early nineties. Yeah, written in the nineties. Thrown so, back to yeah. the thrown back to Vietnam, uh, and they updated it to be modern day. And I have to tell you that it made it no difference whatsoever. Like it's a, sort of the same thing as the Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four thing. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like it had no. There was no modern technology in this movie. 
there weren't really anything beyond like bullets and guns that were different. Yeah. And there was no sense of why we were even updating it. Like it could have actually taken place during the Cold War because the mm. Russians are the bad guys. Um, so there's not really, to me, it wasn't, it didn't make any sense to make it in modern day. Like, I don't know why they did that. Was it the sets were cheaper or the cars, they just go out and get a, you know, a real car instead of having to go get a 1995 <laughs> Chevy Malibu or something like that. Like, <laughs> right. Or instead of like an El Camino from the seventies, if it's Vietnam, <laughs> or the, yeah, like what right. are they driving in Vietnam in the early seventies? Yeah, like, El Caminos. Yeah. yeah okay. All El Caminos all the time. All right. So that was one of the things I wanted to mention is that, uh, yeah, it's just, it was it seemed nonsensical to update it to modern times. It's supposed to be nineteen or two thousand nineteen, I guess, is yeah. the one scene where we see the gravestones, and it's like it didn't really feel like that at all to me. And I died a little when Michael B. Jordan's wife's headstone said she was born in ninety one. I was like, oh, I was a freshman in high school in ninety one. <laughs> oh my god, that's a long time ago for some people. Yeah, totes. so twenty six letters. What's your grade, Coco? I'd give it like a C plus. Yeah? Yeah. It was, I enjoyed it. I could have enjoyed it more. It was for the cast mm-hmm. and for assumedly, which is probably not a word, presumably, there we go, the source material. It didn't, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. It was fine. It was, I'm glad it was only an hour and 49 minutes right. long, you know. So would you recommend somebody watch it or no? I would simply because I did enjoy it enough that it was, like I said, very clearly being set up for sequels. And mm-hmm. I will definitely watch the sequels, especially because there's a scene uh, in the middle of the credits where Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Bell meet again. And he pitches the idea of sort of like an extrajudicial assassin team going around the world and kicking ass. And he wants to call it Rainbow. Mm-hmm. And Tom Clancy wrote a book called Rainbow Six. Mm-hmm. So I think we've got there's a franchise coming yeah, at franchise us. Franchise coming at us. It's so. Jack Ryan and John Clark and Yeah. And that's uh the franchises for Tom Clancy. I uh I, I wonder if I thought maybe Rainbow was like John Clark's middle name or something like that. Right. He's kicking ass and taking names. His middle name is Rainbow. That's I, why he's so mean. I mean, born in 88, he allegedly was. So you never yeah. know. I mean, you know, crazy 80s names. Going he had on to there. fight his way through primary school because everybody was picking on him because his right. middle name was Rainbow. Rainbow. Um, I would give this probably, I don't know, six and a half, seven. Like wow. I, I was entertained. Uh, and like I said before, some of the set pieces I really liked. And, I, uh, and there was enough originality in this that enough cleverness that it stood out to me. Whereas a lot of these movies, you're just like, yeah, explosions. Oh, guy gets out of an impossible situation. Sometimes you just need some explosions. Sometimes you need explosions. And I think this is a good explosions movie. Yeah. I, I think this is a good, uh, this is one of the better ones that we've seen in a while. And wow. I don't know if that's like low bar, you know, we're, we're, <laughs> we're over the low bar right now. but Right. We're like 15 months into like being trapped inside our house and we've seen so much. Yeah. I, I think the Roger Ebert review of this i only saw like a little blurb but it said the plot was indecipherable Mm -hmm. and i was like i i didn't really think so i thought the plot was pretty easy to figure out so once again you and i are we're ahead of our time kind of going against the grain like you mean rogerebert.com yeah right yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah. not 
the ghost of Roger Ebert came back just to slag this movie off. <laughs> that would be something he would do. <laughs> it's like the Sam Kinison sketch where, you know, it's like, you're dead. You think you're going to heaven? You're like, all right, you know, this is pretty good. And then suddenly, no, like, no, yeah. No. All right. We, yeah, we'll, we don't want to talk we'll about stop that. stop there. Yeah, that was another thing we watched. Um, so uh, we're really running long here. Uh, anything else to talk about uh, in terms of Jack? No, what's it? What is it? What's it called? <laughs> Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. Yeah, thank you. His name you're, is in the title. It's got to be in there. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. You can't even say the title, so I think we need to just wrap this up. Right. (laughs) All right. So thanks for listening. You can find us on all your major podcast platforms, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. For another episode, I'm Adults. And I'm not Coco.